Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to part two of Co-Parenting. And let's listen to our guest, Keisha Reed, as she responds. Yeah, you opened something, some things up for me, um, Rodney. Um, I guess, I don't know if I wasn't, didn't want to talk about it, but I actually have that situation. I have been trying to introduce my ex to my current, and he said he has no interest in meeting him. Um, I thought out of respect because my children are around this other man that it's something that should be done. But um, it's amazing how different men take um, different viewpoints on the situation. Um, he said to my to our daughters, um, are they engaged? Are they married? Then I don't need to meet them. Um, so as a result of that, when we had um, our daughter's 21st birthday party, um, my, um, my um, current partner was there and um, my daughter's dad was coming to, actually he sat in the car. He said, I'm not coming out the car because your boyfriend's there. And I said, but this is your daughter and it is her 21st birthday. And I actually had to have a conversation um, with my partner and I said, listen, I have a situation. Um, you know, my ex is not comfortable um, being around you right now. It is his daughter's birthday. Um, this situation is very awkward. I'm sorry to put you in this position, but you know, how do you feel this situation should be handled? And he said, that's his daughter. It's her 21st birthday. I'm not going to um, stick around and make him uncomfortable. I commend that man, boy. Cause me, Woo! go ahead, girl, tell your truth. Yeah, yeah. So he actually went and sat in the car and he said, you know, when you're ready, let me know. I'll be sitting in the car. Um, it hurt me to my core because I was like, ooh, like, you know, I don't know if I would have been that woman who was like, I would have been like, tell him, girl, she's going to have to get over it because I'm here to stay, you know, but that's what he did. And still to this day, um, we have to separate birthday events. Like I literally had two 10 year old birthday parties for my daughter. Mm. I one at home where, you know, everybody could be there. And then I had a separate celebration the next day with her dad because he's, he wants, he wants no parts. Yeah. Well, I mean, you touching something like if I, if, if you don't mind Sharif, I could kind of like, it, it's, Call me Ronnie. It's it's prideful. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's pride. Like as a man, you, you're thinking about like all the things that you've done with this woman. You know what I'm saying? Like it, like damn the kids. You understand what I'm saying? I love your kids, but it's like you 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 going deeper than the kids. You know what I'm saying? And then as a, as a man, you're just like, okay, is he better looking than me? Does he have his finances together? Like what box did I not check off that this person is? You know what I'm saying? So it's like. You're competing without not really wanting to compete, but you're competing. You know what uh, I'm saying? And right. one of the kids take to him better than they take to me. And like, what's the relationship like? And so in your mind as a man, we're like going through zero to like a thousand, maybe to a million real quick. You know what I mean? And you're juggling all of those things with the fact of like, 
like you said, in, in, within your marriage, you made the decision to leave despite the love not no longer being there. Um, in my situation, I did infidelity. So if you put in perspective, even though it's two totally different situations, you made that decision to leave. So it's kind of like me doing the infidelities and I don't know how they're feeling. Like the man on your side and the woman on, only them two can know how they're feeling, yeah. if that makes sense. Like he can't, he doesn't know what, even if you, you're like, I, I don't love him. He don't know if like, damn, it, wasn't it fixable? Like there's nothing that we could have done. Like, and, and, and in this essence is like, you had infidelities, like, damn, you didn't find me attractive. Like, was it, it could I have changed my hair? Could I have done this? Could I have done that? So it was like, but it was deeper than the infidelities. It was me running away from the things that I was really needing to fix. You know what I'm saying? Me having to find this false sense of like what I thought was happiness through the things that I did. Um, but it's it's tough. Like you you want you want to be able to for me have that relationship where um, I know what it's like to have a father. And I know what it's like for my father to raise my mom's son from her first marriage. Mm. So mm. my brother always looked at my father as a father figure, which Sharif knows my brother Rich. Um, so he was very present in his life, but his father was present in his life too. So he had best of both worlds. So I didn't come from that dynamics where, oh, I'm not going to care about who you date. Like, I don't care respectfully, but I would love to meet the man so that our kids could have best of both worlds. Like, when he's with, with with the guy, I'm not thinking about anything negative because I know he has best interests for my kids. And if that's your person and that's where you placed him and his value in his life, then allow me to meet him. You know what I'm saying? And But at the same token, with your ex-husband, I can't feel what he's feeling because um, only he could kind of like struggle with that. But it, it, it it's... Whew. It's dating, man. You should reach hitting dating right now, boy. <laughs> Listen, I got more heavy questions for y'all. So let me let me turn it up again. Let me turn it up again. Um, so how much input should family court play in this? None. None. Tell me None. Not that. Right. I mean, like, think about it. Like, like I, I love her answers. Like when those kids was born, it was born out of love. Or like a great night. You understand? Like <laughs> How you want to say that? Yeah, it was a great night. You know what I'm saying? Look, but um, I do think just based on look, if it's one thing that I've often said is like a woman could know who they want to have a kid with. Like a woman could look at a guy and know a guy for years and be like, "Yo, that's the guy that I want to have a kid with." Like I know he takes care of his family. He's very structured. If anything happens, he'll be the person that steps in. If we divorce, he'll be that man that's still going to be that provider. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I was never in court. I we we our marriage dissolved in 2016. I made payments every day. I mean, um, once a month in her account. For five years, never, never received court documents in five, never missed a payment, never missed a payment. And one day a letter shows up that the sheriff was looking for me. And I was like, what the sheriff looking for me? Never, never had a letter. Never missed it. I could literally, I, I know we're over like how this is going to be played via, so people can't see us, but I could literally email Sharif my bank statement for the last from 2016 up until them court papers never missed a payment never missed a payment never was like anything that was asked of me to do I did went above and beyond and I have people that can vouch for me on this August 17th 2020 I get paperwork served to me so I'm like wow like you, 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 you got the you got Long Island Mineola courts involved. Like, what are we doing here? So I contact her. I'm like, why would we, why would we put this in, in court? Like, I'm so confused. Well, I was talking to my aunt. So that goes back to like 
Uh, Sir, your business. Well, she was saying, mm-hmm. what if one day you just stop paying? I never stopped paying from the day I started. Why all of a sudden? The only way I'm going to stop paying is if I'm no longer, God forbid, on earth. And both of my kids are my beneficiaries. So they still going to get something. And that's my story is how the courts got involved. So it wasn't like I was piecemealing or I was saying, here's a few, here's a little bit, here's a few, here's a little bit. Um, it was more so to look into my finances because, you know, the courts, now they want to dig. So they want to see everything. They want to probe how much is your rent? How much do you pay for your car note? How much do you spend on food? Like, so I list out all the, the check off all the boxes. I'm like, look, this is what I pay for rent. This is what I pay for this. This is what I pay for that. Courts don't still care. New York State, $18,000. Boom. Gone. And it's sad because my thing is like, you're going to put our kids in the court system. You're going to put me in the court system. Like, what benefits do they get of any of this? And then the beauty of it, like, I, 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 like I always um, I laugh at it because that stopped me from contributing more. So prior to going to court, before August 17th, I would give her, and, I, and I'll be blunt, I would give her $12.50 a month for child support. And we do the math. I would give my kids, between both of them, $200 a month in allowance. Then, in turn, I would like literally help out with anything else that the kids need, whether that's sneakers, clothes, incidentals. So before you know it, my bill would total up to about roughly anywhere between minimum $1,450 to as high as $1,900 a month. I still got to pay car note. I still got to eat. I still got to pay rent. Like, there's still bills that come in. And my kids is on the phone plan. So that's also an expense. And I'm the type of parent that don't say no. So I don't know how to say no. I don't know what no looks like. So I was always, yes, 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 yes. When we went to court, all of that stopped. I said, no, what am I going to do? The first time she got her check, the court took the finder's fee. I was like, they didn't tell you that? Oh, you didn't get schooled on it? You didn't get educated that the court is going to take a fee? They're the ones mediating the situation. Right. They took their fee. Now she got less money. She hit me up like, I need, I need extra 350 Then you need to go get a job. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Your aunt brought you in that situation. Ask your aunt for the money. Remember the aunt that said, what if I stop paying? Where's the kid's allowance? What do you mean, where's the kid's allowance? It's in within the child support. See, I was giving you, I was gifting it. I was gifting it. Because anything other than child support is considered a gift under New York State. Mm-hmm. It's considered a gift. Everything that I give you is a gift. Mm-hmm. Now, it's my job to document this is child support and be very specific in that. Because when you go to court, court don't want to hear shit. Court don't care about nothing that you got going on. The court look at it. When did this person, they'll actually ask the woman that filed the petition, when do you want to start the child support payments from? She could literally say, yo, he, he's supposed to be paying from 20, 2010 and the courts would honor that shit. And that's crazy to me. Listen, and you got to prove, I got to prove. I'm, yo, a, I'm a witness to that. I had to pay 10 grand. Yes. And, 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 the, and, the, and, the, and the sad part is, Oh my God, I hate when people say we're proven innocent until what well, we're guilty until proven innocent, right? Or we're proven innocent until we found guilty. No, nigga, you guilty. We're guilty. Because as a black man, when we walk in, the stigma is we don't pay. Right. You're fucking and you're using. Run Take with that. it. Innocent. Yep. So I I unequivocally if you have a good man, and I'm sure there's going to be tons of people watching and listening to this, if there's a good man and you're going through problems and you're going, and I know it's going to be tough and it's, it's going to be messy and it's going to be a lot of disagreements, find a way in which to just find a happy medium to not go through the court system. Because the court system not only affects them, their lives, but it affects their lives going forward. And i tell you why, just to let my counterpart have a have a say on this um 
my daughter's applying for college. And before the courts was involved, she was on mom's everything. But now when it comes to applying for colleges, because the courts is involved, now my tuition, I mean, my income and everything now gets rendered out. And now they're saying, okay, well, she doesn't qualify for this and she doesn't qualify for that. She does no longer qualify for this. Right. So guess what? What I was trying to have the conversation, you didn't want to hear any because you was clouded by all this other stuff going on. But now it's like, oh, well, I'm going to need you to help me. You don't need me to help you do shit. <laughs> like, you need the courts to help you do it. Because once it starts, the court don't stop. No, they're relentless. From what? Oof. Sheesh. So, no, so Akisha, I, I got your answer. You got the court exempt. They, they didn't get involved. So, so for no. me, courts were involved in, and they've been involved for quite some time. My battle, you know, my, my lesson learned in the court is that family court does not resolve the issue. In fact, they keep the issue going. My issue went down, went, went for 10 years, but, mm. and it doesn't get resolved. And it's very, it's a very expensive process, you know, to, right. to be a lawyer and to do all of these things. And it makes it worse. And it, there's an impact on the kids. There's an impact on you. The courts, the, the courts force you to take sides, take the, force the children to take sides. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's just detrimental. So my advice again with you guys is that, you know, stay out of the courts if you can try to resolve it, you know, uh, like, you know, deal with that trauma and so that you can negotiate what's best for your kids. Um, okay. So what kinds of things can a co-parent do to support their psychological and emotional health? Well, you spoke to that Keisha already, you know, like, yeah, yeah. therapist, wine, yeah. wine is good. Um, Riesling, yeah. <laughs> back. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> on, a, on a rough day, you know. Um, yeah, therapy and openness. You have to be an open vessel. Like, there's no such thing as trying to hide your pain and thinking that somebody else is going to be open to sharing theirs with you. Mm. So, you have to be vulnerable. In these moments, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be human, and you just you just have to be aware. You have to be kind. You have to feel whatever it is that you're feeling, and let other people let you know what they're feeling too, such as your children, you know, and even the other person on the other side when they get to that level of maturity, you know, to express the disappointments. I actually wrote my ex. I wrote him a letter, like two years ago, um, apologizing. You know, I, I said to him, I said, you know, I'm having moments of clarity and I'm sorry that I really just didn't give you a clear idea of how amazing of a man that you were. I kind of just put all of your flaws out there on the table and ran with that. And I believe when you left, that's probably all that you left with was your flaws. And I never spoke towards your greatness. Mm. And I'm sorry for that because I don't want you to be broken as you enter the next chapter of your life. I want you to be full. I want you to be whole. I don't want you to question your worth. And I want you to be able to give your all to the next person without having all of this rooted in your spirit. Hmm. Um, he was like, what you want me to do with all of this? <laughs> Bitch, you gone now. <laughs> but no, I needed, that's what I needed to give to him. I needed to let him know, you know? So, um, yeah. Shit, I wish my ex-wife gave me a letter. <laughs> it's coming. For a letter. After she done that in them ugly dudes. <laughs> <laughs> um, therapy is actually good. Um, so I, I never went to therapy, uh, marriage counseling. We, going through the divorce, they asked us to go see a marriage counselor, um, marriage counseling. I never forget, she was like, run, honey, run. <laughs> like, she told my ex-wife, like, yeah, he, he don't love you. Um, but I, I would say I'm, I'm happily divorced. Um, and what I mean by that, it allowed me to find more of myself and I'm finding myself every day. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's allowed me to kind of redefine the person that I am. I think I was um, 
wearing a mask for so long that you just, you know, you just there, like it's just you're in it. You know what I mean? And you're 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 present fixture in the household because it's like you tell yourself as a man, like I don't want nobody living here. I want to do this. I want to do that. And but in reality, you're living three, four, five, seven, ten lives. You know what I'm saying? Because you're out there doing whatever you want. So were you really there to begin with? You know what I mean? So you wear the mask, you put it on, you have the ring, it looks good. You think that's the right thing. Um, but in actuality, it's the wrong thing because you're losing more of yourself. It's like you're going down that rabbit hole and you've told yourself so many lies that they almost become true to the point where it's like, okay, well, who the fuck are you anymore? You know what I'm saying? Like, you told me your name was Ted. Like, really? <laughs> Did I tell you that? Five dates ago. We went on five dates. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> for me it's just been um <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's tough it, it's tough but therapy is great I I didn't go to therapy um in my marriage I went to my I went and found a therapist when my dad passed away um because that hit more home um that was true love and not not that I didn't love my my ex-wife I think for my dad I was just struggling to cope you know what I mean and talking to a therapist um she's the one that kind of told me like I'm enabling certain behaviors you know what I mean um whether that's financially giving her more than I need to be or having conversations or allowing her to continue to whip you because you feel like you dissolved the marriage so you owe her the liberty to be able to run over you. You know what I mean? So she gave me that empowerment to say like, ah, that's not cool. Or that's not, and it's not really her. Like you said, they give you like little nooks and little holes in the wall and then you just crawl through it because you're like just talking, talking, talking. And like, so how do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, because this is, the, and, and what what did you, what does it look like? And you realize like, damn, I'm paying you not saying shit. Like, but all the thoughts is there. You know what I'm saying? Like, like now I'm going to give me all my insurance money for it. Like, but it, but I'll see you next week. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, she gave me that empowerment. And I remember I, I spoke to my ex-wife and I asked her, I said, yo, can I ask you an honest question? So she goes, sure. I said, yo, are you taking advantage of me? And she laughed and she was like, the fuck? And I was like, yo, I'm just, you know, I'm being real. Like, like, can we be real? Can we be vulnerable for once? And she was like, fuck yeah, I'm taking advantage of you because... You, you you cheated on me, so I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do now. And if you're going to be a sucker to give it to me, I'm going to be a woman to take it. Wow. I was like, wow. That shit was real. But I appreciated it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I appreciate it so much because it was honest. You know what I'm saying? It, it, she was vulnerable. And it allowed me to change my bank account from 8133, so she no longer has access to that. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate the honesty. You know what I'm saying? I was like, nope. Um but it is it, it is tough uh you lean on the right people my mom is my everything my dad um he continues to be a support like i'll talk to him even though he's not here in a physical sense so sometimes i sit in the kitchen and talk to him sometimes i sometimes i break down and talk to him um and i know he's always given sound advice um so i always remember that and and for me what works best is like if i'm ever feeling down I just talk to my kids and just to see their faces. Obviously we're in a world where technology is different. So being a father is not an excuse because we all have phones. We all have FaceTime. We all have WhatsApp. So there's free, free. If you got Android, you got WhatsApp. If you got iPhone, you got FaceTime. So there's no reason why you can't see your kid. Um, you can live in third world country and still be able to communicate as long as you have those two components. You know what I'm saying? So there's not an excuse. Um, so I don't make it an excuse. I don't make it a hurdle. So I, I can physically see my kids um, at all times, every day, even though I'm not present during the stretch of the time that they're with mom. But I just physically, I just want to see my kids. I miss my kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm human. I love my kids. Um, so I lean on them. Um, I try to just engulf myself in different activities, find a hobby, find a sport, find something that you enjoy reading or enjoy doing. Um, get a men's group, 
there's a lot of great men's group out there. Honestly, there's a lot of great singles group out there. And it's not about, I, I often say don't date when you come out of something. Cause I learned that from Sharif actually, cause he's the one that helped me through my marriage, believe it or not. And he was like, yo, just take time to yourself. Um, and based on the number of years you invested in that marriage, it should be an uh, adequate number of years as you define who you are. Because if you leave one situation and you jump into another, there's a good chance that's going to burn out very quickly because you're not given time to kind of like know who you are. Um, so that's one thing that I would definitely recommend is, you know, taking that time to yourself. There's nothing wrong with not dating. Um, but just take time to yourself, travel alone, go to a movie alone, go to the park alone, ride a bike alone. You realize like, shit, like I'm really a cool dude by myself. <laughs> and when you're alone, you tend to meet single women that's alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that that was one of the advice that I did give you was the, um, to, you know, spend a year and not get involved in any relationship really which was hard because, you know, because he, because he had, a, he had a habit of being a player, you know, really with, you know, he had, to, he had to have withdrawals and he had to withdraw from that, you know, mm. and stay within a full year and not engage with, you know, activating, you know, the player thing, because it would just get him into another commitment or another, another problem. Right. So I said, just learn yourself, just be free of it. Just, you know, you know, just, just learn, you know, the discipline and just build yourself at this point. And then maybe you might want to engage. But for now, let's get out of those habits and let's just be you. You know, find out who you are. So, so he did that for a year. Um, okay, so let's go into the next question. Um, how do you promote healthy relationships for your children following a divorce or separation? Hmm. They've seen a lot of trauma. They've seen a lot of mess. They see, they've seen a lot of examples of what doesn't work. I just try to be my best authentic self. Like that is like my buzzword right now, authentic, because I spent a lot of time make pretending mm -hmm. that I was okay. Like I would go into the bathroom, close the door, put my face in a washcloth and then cry and come back out. Anybody want pancakes? Mm -hmm. um, but um, no, I think that you foster that healthy by showing your human side. And then also when you show your human side, you also teach them how to cope too. Because if you constantly pretend that everything is okay, they don't really get to see your survival mode. They don't get to see that, you know, you can be down and you still could, could reappear in greatness. You know, it's almost like you're creating this mythological creature when you're always happy and you're always up. They don't have that opportunity to see your recovery. So I think it's important to, you know, protect them, of course, but also show um, show that human side so that they can see because they're always watching, you know, like always. It's crazy. Um like even right now um well i'm about to go into something else i'm not going to do that but but we'll touch base um sharif okay. um but they they need to see they need to know like they don't need to see you down in the dumps but even if that is something that you need to feel if you need to curl up in the fetal position they need to be able to see that and see that you're able to get up and get out of it and that you're able to involve yourself into something that will bring you your own joy. I tell my kids all the time, happiness is not guaranteed. Happiness is a practice. So that's my answer to that. Thank you for that. Listen, I'm going to snap my fingers on that one. Let's go. What you, what you got? What you got, Rodney? What you got? I would say it's... So it was definitely tough coming out the marriage. You know what I mean? And I think it was more so pride. Because I'm like, yo, I'm doing this down the third. And now you want to leave? Like, motherfucker, you probably knew I was doing this shit for years. Fuck, you want to leave now? You know? And I think, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Like, I'm giving, I'm, 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 I don't know if I'm giving her enough credit, but I would, I'm giving her credit enough that I would think she would know what's going on. But um, it was tough for me. Um, 
moving back in with your parents. You haven't, I haven't lived with my parents in, I don't know how long, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you leave as a kid, but you come back as an adult. So going into that scope of things and it's shame, it's trying to humble yourself, it's frustration, it's, you know, my dad is a man, I'm a man now. And it's like, my dad is like, well, two men can't live under the same roof. I'm, don't drink my milk, don't drink my orange juice. You know what I'm saying? And then, <laughs> fuck you being the kids coming over. Like, we trying to get your ass out and you got the grandkids coming now. Like, it was, it was tough. Um, I don't know what she was dealing with. I think it was more so when a woman needs space, it's very hard to give them the space because it's like you're trying to get them back, but you're getting them, you're trying to get them back for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I was trying to reach out and have conversations when she just needed space. And then when she needed space, it allowed me to get space and it allowed me to kind of like start to think more clearly and act more clearly. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect. I, I can own my shit. There was times where I didn't want to take the kids. There was times where I was trying to make her life more difficult than it needed to be. It was times where I would like say four-letter words because she didn't do nothing wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be mad at somebody that didn't do anything wrong if you didn't dissolve the marriage, but I did. But I think I was trying to maybe play this Jedi mind shit and try to psychologically figure out, like, my motherfucker, you kicked me out. Like, that's all you did wrong. Okay, you cheated on me. You had affairs. You got a woman pregnant, for Christ's sakes. She lost the baby. Like, you know, like... So it's like you done went through like the host of shit and you're concerned that I kicked you out. Like, let's add that shit up. How does that work? <laughs> don't even so yeah, it's yeah, it's like leaning over in a chair, you know what I mean? Um so it was tough. Um me and my parents went at it, and you know, I'm going back into like this little five by seven square room and you move back into the neighborhood that you worked so hard to get out of, you know, that's, that's tough in itself. You know what I mean? It's still like, it's, it's a swallowing a lot of pride because you're boasting about coming back to the old neighborhood, giving out turkeys. And now you back in the old fucking neighborhood receiving a turkey. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> how did that shit happen? You know what I'm saying? Like talk about fucking life coming full circle for your ass. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you thought you was doing a 180. You did a 360 in this motherfucker. Like, you know, so. What's the yeah, so it's like <laughs> um, it it was tough, and um, it took me a long time to find humility, and I didn't know where the fuck he was, um, mm-hmm. but he was there. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it took a long time to look at myself in the mirror and know that you fucked up, and know that own your shit. Like, yo, it's okay to be a fuck boy, but just know that you're a fuck boy. It's okay to say you did the things that you did, but own the shit. Mm. And you know what? When I started owning it, I started feeling like this weight was lifted off my shoulders. Mm. I felt like now I don't have to worry about running from my own shadow. I could look at it and be like, yo, that shit happened. But it doesn't define who I am because I'm not going to allow it to no longer define the person that I was. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where the arguments come in because when you're and I can only speak for myself. When I was in a marriage, I was great at being a provider. I was great at making things on surface level look great. But when you go into the deep, deep parts of the chapter of the book, it was all fucked up, right? But now the person that I've become is the person that she wanted or she needed then that I am now. So for her, she's sitting on a bird's eye view. She's like, damn, motherfucker. It took all this shit for you to get it together. Mm. And now it's over. I'm a better person for it, but I sometimes question, maybe struggle, had we stayed together with this person that ever evolved out of it, though. Because I was being suffocated by it. Mm-hmm. I was not only suffocating her but I was suffocating myself and people ask me the questions all the time like rather than she why didn't you just leave you muted I can't hear you Rodney 
Oh, I'm sorry. Where did you lose me at? Where did you lose me at? But, um, why didn't you, why, why did you cheat? Why didn't you just leave? Oh, yeah. And, and, and I say to myself, like, I don't know. Like, I've asked myself that question. I've struggled with that question. I've asked that question has come up in therapy. That would have been the easy route. Like, knowing the fact of, like, this is what's going to happen. But it wasn't intentional. It was one of those things where she was going through postpartum. And years later, we talked about it. And she asked me, like, yo, why did you do that? And I said, remember when we had Ayana, you, we wasn't having sex. We wasn't talking. We wasn't touching. You didn't want to be bothered. Like, it was like two years of nothing. You meet the first female that gives you some type of interest. And the conversation just, to you, that you start off talking about your wife. You understand? Like, it, it, like I, and I think women have this, I, I, I don't want to speak for all women, but if people have this misconception, like, are there men that's going to go out and cheat? Yes, absolutely. I'm not going to sit there and sugarcoat that. But there are some men that literally don't want to cheat, but sometimes you're going through shit, you go out, you meet somebody, you have a conversation. Honestly, the conversation, if you really care about the person that you're with, you're going to probably be talking about that person. Right. And then other things evolve from that. And then that beauty... Well, that woman start looking more beautiful and appealing because she's giving you the attention, but you're struggling to talk to your wife about that attention. Okay. But it's just like, we're, we're going like this. It's a two-way street and we're just passing each other. Yeah. And we were young, we were kids, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like I had this real grasp on life and saying like, yo, let's go get help for postpartum and let's see if that's that might be the case and blah 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 and this stigma that is centered around us is like as an african-american we can't go speak about our feelings and we can't go to a therapist or we can't go to see a doctor because fuck is wrong with you right like what do you mean mm-hmm. well, white people could do it but we can't do the shit right. every other race on under the earth could go see these people to help because they're just there helping you have all the answers because i always had this notion like well how is a therapist going to help me because i would question that like how would you help me you don't know shit about me but in actuality i don't know anything about you i'm just guiding you through your answers that you already have you're just struggling to put them together so it's a big jigsaw puzzle that i'm just going to help you put together all right folks you know i think that that was our last question um for today i you know if you had to just to close us out and really um, give people hope or entry point in, in terms of doing this work, you know, of co-parenting, because this is this, you won't be the last, there'll be, you know, more divorces and more separation and more partnerships and, and people have to learn how to go <laughs> have children, right? And so what, if you had to give your best advice in less than a minute, what would it be? I would say, Put God first, then your kids, then yourself. In that order. So I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on you. So what does that mean, and how do I do that? Like, do I read the Bible first? You, you can believe to whatever God you want. You understand? I don't go into church. I'm not sitting here reading the Bible. You know what I'm saying? I believe in a higher being. Okay. So whatever that person may look like for you. So I believe in that as the creative all and when we talk whether it's our conscious or like sometimes we have these thoughts and we're just trying to speak to a person we're just seeking guidance you know what i'm saying so you seek that support from whatever spiritual aspect that you want to seek it from they're going to guide you my kids is always going to be above me regardless of how i break that down you know what i'm saying my kids some people would always say well if you're not good the kids are not good the kids are not good i'm not good to hell with me. I'm going to find a way to be good, but I want to make sure that they're good. Because in the scope of things, my kids are with their mom 26 days out of a 30-day month. So inadvertently, as much as I may not care about whether or not she's good, I got to make sure that she's good. Because if she's not good, then the kid's not good. You understand what I'm trying to say? So for me, whatever high being you, 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 you have a spiritual connection to, and if you don't have a, a spiritual connection, whatever person that you feel is that person that of comfort that helped guide you through those days, whether it's a therapist, whether um, 
uh, Vicky, is that her name? Yes. Yeah, you see, like whether whoever it may be, you let that person be that guiding force um, and make sure that kids are good because the kids is what brings you the joy. You know what I'm saying? I give my kids the joy, but they give me the, the like, you have a, 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 like Sharif has a son. Like that, that's, that's like, it's, it's like, it's nothing wrong with girls. So I love my daughter and I know you love your daughter. I know you love your girls because you have three of them. And, and Sharif got two beautiful daughters. You understand what I mean? But it's like, your son is like, that's your son. Like, you look at that, you're like, yeah, that's my motherfucking, that's my goddamn son. You know what I'm saying? And none of my, none of my brothers got sons. So I, I be like, yo, I, I walk around with that shit. Like, oh, yeah, I got girls. Like, I got a boy. You know what I'm saying? So they, as much as I, I could sit there and say the high being me and then my kids, my kids will always come above me. And then as long as I know they're great, and and crazy enough, while we're doing this, and I put my hand over my mouth. If you notice, I put my hands over my mouth a couple of times. My daughter was FaceTiming. That's how, as I'm recording this right now, my kids was calling to say goodnight. That's the investment, and they're not even in the house with me. You know what I mean? So, the, as much as I put into them is what they're gonna push push into me, because a kid don't know. It's up for you to teach them. You know what I'm saying? There's no parenting book that's going to give you the wisdom. There's no one that's going to give you the wisdom. All the people that could give you the ideas of what it looks like to be a parent, it really comes down to what you want to view as being a parent. Because the more investment you give, the return is going to be the love. I don't want nothing for my kids. Because at some point in time, and this is the, this is, I, I don't mean to get emotional, my dad passed away. It's just my mom. And now the person that raised us, we're helping her guide through it. And that's the investment that she put in us because my dad always knew if I'm not going to be here or your mom is not going to be here, we're going to need that support at some point in our lives. So life comes Benjamin Button full circle. You put your kids there, you put the investment into it. And when you get older, they don't put you in a nursing home and forget about you, but they <laughs> pull you in and they love you. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, that's what I would want my kids to do. And that's what I'm doing for my, for, for my mother. My mother's in Maryland and true story on Monday, um, we just got off the phone. She got to do something to her apartment in the Bronx and I'm driving to Maryland and bringing her back. And that's nothing but love. It's nothing about like, we all communicate. Me and my brothers, we all communicate because my mom has always put us first and then her. So now we're putting her first and then us because we got to make sure she's straight. So she taught us the values of putting your kids before yourself and what sacrifice looks like. Um, and I'll leave it on one, one, one last note. Um, we migrated to this country. We originally from the Virgin Islands. And the reason I always say you put your kids before yourself, there's only a few people that knows this, but I guess the world would know it today. We was homeless for three years. And for three years, I watched my parents ride the subway train, go to shelters, get food, get robbed in shelters, not know the country, nothing in New York City, didn't have no family. And my mom picked up the payphone, called her mother in the Virgin Islands Collect. And her mother said, send the kids, even if you want to stay. And my mother said, I came with the kids. We're going to figure it out and we're going to make it. There's never in a day that nobody could tell me I would never put my kids first. And now that my mother is dealing with something, I put her first. Because as long as they're good, then I'm good. Thank you for sharing, man. Commendable. Thank you for sharing. Wow. 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 All yeah. that sure you up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> oh boy, girl, you got this. <laughs> She's gonna be like, look, I came out from yeah. Afghanistan and we was like, boom. <laughs> I would just simply say, um, in closing, to just honor the commitment of parenting. And if you honor the commitment of parenting, um, the co-parenting thing becomes very easy. Um, 
just as Rodney said, you know, a lot of times as adults, uh, we kind of, we have to put our own shit to the side in order to let our kids know that they are primary. Um, and I think when you look at the separation as even though we're separated, we're still gonna honor the commitment to parenting, you then end up giving your child everything that they need in the moment. Well, you know what, everything is an overstatement. Nothing is absolute, but you give what you can. And I think that you can give more of yourself when you're true to yourself. Um, I'm kind of, my friends will tell you all the time. I just went out to lunch, um, brunch with a couple of my friends from college and um, we were hanging out, we were having a good time. And I said, oh, okay, I, I gotta go because my, my kids, they wanna go. Um, I promised them that we were gonna go to Chili's and you know have some, um, some honey chipotle crispers. And my friend James said, oh man, Keisha, you know, you only been here for like, two hours, is there any way that you can stay longer? I said, oh, you know, I really feel bad that, you know, I told them that I was taking them to dinner. And then my girlfriend, Danielle said, okay, wait a minute, you acting different. What's your slogan that you always tell me? And I said, what are you talking about? She said, you always say, fuck these kids. Um, now, let me tell you what that means. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't mean that, but it also, it means self-preservation, okay? Because for me, I feel like we're constantly given, given, giving, given. And at some point when you give so much, you lose a large component of who you are as an individual, what you stand for, what makes you happy. I find that when I do take care of myself and same thing with their dad, when he does take care of themselves, his self, that we're able to give more of ourselves. So even though the sacrifice is necessary, um, I kind of feel like it's very important to make sure that you're happy too, because you can't give what you don't have. And sometimes when you're constantly given, you deplete yourself. And then what you end up being is more of a shell of a parent and not a parent who's present. Um, so yeah, just honor the commitment of parenting, honor yourself, honor your children. If you are an authentic person and you're able to welcome joy, then you're able to give joy, no matter what the situation is. Wow. Listen, guys, thank you for that feedback. This was phenomenal. I'm going to have to break this up into multiple episodes. Um, this, you know, it, it, you gave a lot of feedback and I think that, you know, um, I'm going to, we're going to break it up into smaller segments because there's a lot to digest here. And it's a, it's a, you know, in terms of food for thought and, and, and seeds of productivity and the right way to do things, you know, you've given a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of jewels today. And I think it's going to be extremely helpful for people who are entering this co-parenting, you know, uh, a deal. And I think, you know, you know, the things that I'm hearing from the, my takeaways from this is that. You have to be flexible. You have to be flexible. You have to be adaptive, and you have to you have to you have to also do deal with you have to do some self care, right? And that and that means some counseling. That means you know taking care of your health, and that means you know just taking care of your mind and 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 just having creating a support for yourself to be able to do that. You know, do this work despite the fact that you're no longer in a intimate relationship with this person anymore. But understanding that now it's 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 a parenting situation and having to shift and what that shift means from being intimate spousal or, or partner or husband or whatever it be, or, or wife, you know, it's moving to a partnership in terms of now mom and dad doing this work, right? And what this work looks like and trying to, you know, define that and, and create that structure for that, you know, and, and listening to both of your stories are very different, but then there's some similarities in terms of like the flexibility and being adaptive you know, and, and also leading with, with your hearts and saying that my children matter, right? And that I matter in their lives in this work, right? So, you know, um, in your case, Keisha, you know, you, you, you had the children, so it's different, but Roddy was on the outside, but him staying invested in that process. And you, Keisha, which, was, which is phenomenal, is taking a different stance than some women, because some women want to separate the children from their, from their, other, from their husband or from the father. 
But you're saying, no, I want you to remain involved. I want you to remain a part of it. This, that matters more. That's more important to me than, you know, the money, right? And so the investment that you give, the, 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 I want the whole you involved in this process to raise these children because these children, like you said, were created out of love. And, and I think, you know, that's, that's the point of all of this. That's the point of co-parenting. And, and we know the story because we're in education and we know the stories a million times, you know, you know, the, 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 many of the students, we have success stories and we have super women who save their, their children. Yes, we do have that single super woman, but it's always stronger when you have two coming in as a team around a child, right? And, and being able to leverage the support of the mom and dad around supporting that child in their, in their success. And we know that to be true. And we know the stories of most single parents with those children and how hard it is to hold them, right? And so, but thank you. Thank you guys for this. Um, this was phenomenal. Absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I really did. I, you know, you don't really get to talk to people during this whole pandemic. I appreciate you and in, inviting me and um, trusting that I had enough uh, information and knowledge to impart. I know you guys, have, but I want to say uh, I truly appreciate this discussion. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was insightful. Um, obviously, I'm sure there's marriages that has been together 30 years that have way more insight than both of us. Um, but you trusting in us to have this conversation. Yeah. Was, um, it allowed us to reflect as well. I guess when you're in the moment of something, you don't sometimes think about it. You just kind of being reactionary. Um, mm -hmm. So even just talking about it just right now was therapeutic. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again and stay tuned.